Welcome to AutoZone, America's number one brakes destination. We have the pads, rotors, drums, shoes, and brake fluids to improve your stopping power. Right now, save 15% when you get any two Duralast rotors with a set of Duralast brake pads. Missing a tool? Ask about our free loan a tool program and borrow the tools you need to get the job done. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Claim based on data from the MPD Group 2021. Deposit required for loan a tool. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, I'm Lance Bass, and this is Chip. For more than a hundred years, American Humane has been on the front lines protecting animals in times of crisis. From Pearl Harbor to 9-11, the California wildfires, and the coronavirus pandemic, American Humane Rescue has provided life-saving assistance for animals in virtually every major national disaster. If you're anything like me, your pets mean the world to you. And if disaster strikes, you want to keep them safe. To prepare for an oncoming disaster, ensure your pet has secure and up-to-date identification. And if you must evacuate, remember to take your disaster preparedness kit with you. To learn more about disaster planning and how to keep your best friends safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three. If you like to chime into the conversation, Pelicans in the play-in. The Pelicans with a one twenty one one oh nine lead. The shot clock is at eight. The game clock is at thirty seven. Ingram top of the key. Shot clock at three. Pull up the mid range. Rattled in for bi. Lights out. In Sacramento. Indeed. Uh oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more that what that camera Wednesday hump day is. Hey, I'm Trent nine nine eight one double zero three at ESPN Radio Nola. What are we sending over to the Lakers? I'll pay the UPS, FedEx postage. I got you. What are we sending to their funeral? Right now, leading the way by a lot of different people. Uh, they, you know, Looney Tunes, that's all, folks. Shirts, things of that nature. Words of wisdom. And to all the ladies, peace and happiness I saw someone suggest some in and out sauce. Over there in case they get hungry. You know, I mean, they're going to be watching the playoffs. So, yeah, they'll probably have some watch parties. You know, maybe we can provide some food. <laughs> oh, man. It's what it is. They may win it all next year, but for this year, they're watching the playoffs, and the Pels will at least play one more game than them. As they lost last night to the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, it's interesting. Again, I've been talking about really the circle of life, but really – the journey so far that I just think is somewhat starting with this franchise and this team and where they are. But the Andre Ayton was talking last night after the game in Phoenix where his first season they lost 63 games. This year they won 63 games. So, you know, again, I, I'm not by any means saying that the Pelicans will win a, you know, a, an NBA championship here in three years or two years or whatever. But, you can't get to that level unless you at least start playing games after the regular season. So don't let anybody, you know, poo-poo the fact that this isn't a real playoff game or it's just a play-in or whatever you want to call it. You're playing a game after the end of the regular season. If you win that one, you get another one. 
You know, I mean, it's kind of like a wild card game, getting a chance to get into the divisional round. That it gives you a chance to advance furthermore. So you're playing, others are not, and I promise you, they'd rather be playing than not. So we've been hearing from Willie Green after the locker room and what that win means to them. If you missed it, I'll play one bite and get to some Saints sound here because a couple of players have spoken uh, earlier today, including Traquan Smith and Taco Charlton. So one of the things that he did say, though, was just at the end of the day, he knew, Willie Green says, that it was just a matter of time until this team started to find its own identity and, and start playing better basketball. Yeah, I, be- I believe that from the start that we were going to get it. It was going to all come together. Um, but I also let the guys know we have to embrace hard. Um, when you when you know that you can get through hard, when you know you can get through adversity, it builds you for what's next. And that's our group. That's our city. Um, that's our families. Just staying resilient, trusting, believing, not pointing the fingers, and, and getting after it the next day. It, it wasn't a necessarily a one moment. There's a, a ton of moments <laughs> within within those games, but you just stay with it. And uh, obviously, look, one of the players that really stepped up this year, he went from trade this guy in the first two weeks of the season to, if you remember the week of the NBA trade deadline, we had callers on the show, trade a uh, trade Zion, don't trade Jackson Hayes, which is incredible to me, that um he would play well enough that fans would have, I actually say that, but Here's Jackson Hayes after the game. Um, I mean, it was really just each other. Uh, we all believe we're a really talented group of guys, and um, together, I mean, it just shows that we're even better than what we could be. What about the process? Do you ever doubt it? You know, the old trust the process phrase. Um, I mean, the past three years, we've always kind of got up to a slow start. It's not something to brag about, but, I mean, whenever you have a whole new team, new coaches each year, it takes some adjustment time for everyone to get used to each other, coaches, players. So, um, I mean, I wasn't really down this at all this year. I mean, I know we started off bad, um, but, I mean, I knew we were going to get it together at some point. All right, so you got it together, and now you're in this play-in game. How big is it for you? Well, I mean, for me, it's huge. For me, B-R-N-Z, I mean, it's huge. Uh, Coach Fred, D-House, Spoon, um, yeah, everyone who's been here since we get Matt. Shoot, I mean – Everybody. I mean, we're just excited just to finally get to get to the uh, play and try to show off what we can do in the playoffs. And like I said, you can hear it. I mean, it, it, it matters. It absolutely matters. Final thing from Jackson Hayes, what was the locker room sort of it like? Just, I mean, everyone was excited. Um, I mean, a lot of us have been here for the past three years. We're super hyped because I mean, we've just been working on this the past few years to try to get to this moment, get to the playoffs. So everyone was really excited, I felt like. Good energy. Switch on over to the Saints here as a couple of players spoke with media members today. Taco, um, offensive lineman, former first-round pick. He's bounced around from a couple of teams. Hasn't worked just yet, but again, one-year deal to me, low-risk, high-reward. I mean, if he plays, turns things around, can find the form that made him a first-round draft pick, adds depth to this team, right? He was asked today why did he think the Saints were a good fit for him. Um, I just believe, uh, as in body, body size wise, a lot of those guys, we have the same similar body types as, and I'm six, six, 200, you know, 65 pounds. I can move around. I'm athletic. Uh, I played outside linebacker in some systems to show you I can do everything an outside linebacker can do, but I'll also play four, three in. So I can do everything a defensive end can do also. Um, so the fact that I'm versatile, I can stand up. I can get down to three point stands. Uh, I can go inside. I can play outside. Um, really do a lot of different multiple things um, just because I've been asked to do a lot of different things as in dropping back or rushing the passer. So I'm happy to get, you know, back in the 4-3 front where it is a chance where I can put my hand in the dirt and rush the passer, which is what I like to do. And I'm uh, I'm happy I can kind of, you know, kind of get back to doing that. All right, so obviously we've gone from a player that um, gets signed with the Saints, what's it like to play with Drew Brees, even if he's on defense, to this makes a little bit more sense. Has he had a chance to talk to Cam Jordan, another course member and leader on that defensive line uh, i haven't yet i haven't yet i haven't got a chance to uh meet with the guys that is one thing i'm looking forward to not only cam but a lot of the guys in the locker room just getting a chance to get in there and uh you know get a chance to mingle and meet a lot of the guys and and uh you know get that camaraderie 
Now, I did see on his social media page, Cam was out at a school doing drills and playing with kids and um, doing what Cam does out in the community. Traquan Smith also spoke today about coming back to New Orleans. Uh, hey, John. Uh, good morning. Uh, honestly, uh, it's a good feeling. Uh, New Orleans is honestly like home for me. That's all I know. I've been here my uh, entire time uh, through, uh, from when I left college. And um, and just honestly, being around Jameis again, uh, a wonderful, wonderful teammate, a wonderful guy just in general. Uh, last year, we had some things planned, but uh, I think a lot of things went sideways. And uh, honestly, it's another opportunity, you know, to really start what we were supposed to have last year. So um, honestly, I feel good to be back, and I'm happy I'm back. Yep, no doubt. Uh, as far as... As you heard, Jameis Winston and that relationship you have already, does that mean workouts? Oh, yeah, definitely. We definitely plan on repeating. And uh, basically, when I told him I was signing back, uh, he was one of the first people I called. And I told him, like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm coming back. And, you know, we, was just, we had, a, like, a long conversation. Then we went to talk about working out, how we're going to get together. Um, and he was just like, uh, now, nah, you know, he's like, you got to take, like, more care of me and stuff like that. He don't want me working, like, as hard. He want me to, like, be more aware of my body and taking care of my body instead of, you know, like, uh, like working hard, giving it a hundred percent. So, um, definitely we, we, we already talked about working out, how we going to meet up with each other in the off season. So, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely the plan. That's always going to be the plan. Based on the person Jameis is, he he gonna get you to work out. He definitely gonna get you around him to work out. The other thing as well is obviously Michael Thomas expected to be back, expected to be hopefully healthy and ready to go. Maybe in OTAs uh, at the very least, you would assume by training camp. I don't know when we will get an update. I'm sure maybe the next time, maybe around the draft, maybe you know, um, Coach Allen and Loomis will find out when that time frame will sort of be again in May. You have those three sets of OTAs, May 24th through the 26th, the 31st through June 2nd, June 7th through the 10th as well. Here's Trey Kwan, though, on finally maybe getting able to see MT back in the building. Oh, man, that's that's just going to be a whole nother level that, you know, uh, nobody has seen, you know, uh, the last year and late uh, – ending on the year before that, the previous year, uh, Mike Thomas is just a whole different caliber of player. And uh, when he's on the field, you you definitely can see a different type of offense. The offense moves much smoothly with him on the field. So uh, I'm excited to get him back and excited to have him in his offense again because, uh, you know, we really need him to be a part of the offense. Overall, the potential, he thinks, that this offense may have. Remember, Taysom Hill's going to give it a try over at – tight end as well the Saints with 16 and 19 now the picks in the first round do they go receiver can they bring in another guy like that and maybe the potential this offense can be uh definitely uh I believe if you play close attention in the beginning of the season uh one thing you you learn about Jameis Jameis is going to throw the ball uh Jameis going to make plays that you you think he couldn't make and he's going to keep the drive alive you know sadly uh you know, we had a lot of office alignment, key office alignments got hurt throughout the year, you know, and, and that sucks. Uh, we had, uh, like I, I got hurt when, when I came back, uh, James got hurt. So like you said, it was a lot of, a lot of key players that got hurt and we, we really couldn't, you know, get things going. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can recall like one game that everybody played together, all the starters, you know, played together one game last year. Like I, I can't recall. And that and that's tough, you know, being in this business, you know, because uh, the number one thing in this business is to win, and like it's it, you make it so much hard on yourself to win when you don't have all your key players. So uh, that that'd be the biggest thing, you know what I mean? Uh, if everybody stay healthy, man, it's gonna be one one hell of a show, one one excited offense, one explosive offense. Uh, and I definitely look forward to it being that this year. So Sean Payton always said, right, best ability is availability. Quick break, we come back. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-998-1003. It's a sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
Attention past and present industrial plant workers in Louisiana. If you were pregnant while working in a petrochemical plant, a refinery, or other industrial plant, your children may be entitled to compensation. Birth defects have been linked to toxic chemicals and solvents used in the petrochemical and other industrial plants located between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. So if you were working in an industrial plant where toxic chemicals and solvents were present and your child was born with a brain or spinal cord disorder, skeletal, organ, or limb deformities, a heart condition, cerebral palsy, genetic damage, or other other problems, they could be entitled to compensation. Call the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman at 1-833-99-TOXIC. If you are a current or former petrochemical or other plant worker and your child is suffering from birth defects, call 1-833-998-6942 today. Contact the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman to evaluate whether your child is entitled to compensation. Call 1-833-99-TOXIC now. Responsible attorney Philip C. Hoffman, New Orleans, Louisiana. Family 22127255. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. The Pels are in the play in. The Saints making some moves, maybe hopefully calming down some folks that were a little uneasy the past couple of days and weeks by the inactivity and free agency. I want to remember, what was it, Monday or Tuesday of last week, Mr. Brian, who's a mile high out west, was right next to me here doing the show with me, and he joins us now on the phone. Sir, how are you? Doing well, Goose. How are you, my brother? Doing good. You remember, you were sitting right next to me. We were looking at each other. We were like, man, why is everybody freaking out a bit? I get it. And you're like, I need some moves. I need to see some things happening. But um you used to say this all the time when it came to Sean Payton, that – if you just listen to what he's saying, he's telling you what he wants to do, what he plans on doing. Dennis Allen last Wednesday told everybody he plans to augment the team in free agency, but build the team through the draft. So since we last spoke on the air, the Saints make that trade with the Eagles, now have two first-round picks. They've signed a couple of low-risk, high-reward guys, I think, in a guy like Taco Charlton, who's a former first-rounder to a one-year deal. Justin Evans, a former second-rounder, and he's been injured the last two years, but it's a one-year deal. I, to, to me, I, I can start to see the plan that's coming into place here. You're banking on the draft, but, Brian, you bank on free agency and hope that those signings work. Yeah, no doubt. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we're starting to see the vision come to pass right in front of our faces because, you know, we're looking at Dennis Allen. He excels on one side of the ball, the defensive end. So the best thing you can do is basically try to go an 85 Bears type of route or whatever, you know, major defense you want to kind of, you know, bring into in your mind. That's exactly what Dennis Allen is trying to do. I'm going to build the greatest defense I can build. And that way, no matter how much my offense sucks, they can't screw it up too badly because my defense will shut everybody down. And I actually like the strategy. We're going to put as many guys as we can out there, build up the defensive line, which has been a strength, have the secondary, you know, give them, you know, just that half a second or that one second more to make a big play. And what we might see because of this is a return to of the 2009 type season in which the Saints basically just kept giving the offense as many cracks at it as they could. So they had no choice but to put up 27 points. And if this team can put up 27 points, they're a playoff team. What would you do with 16 and 19? I've seen a lot of people speculate quarterback. I spent pretty much most of my show yesterday saying, I don't see that. Doesn't make any sense to me, especially when I played the game of, let's pick one of those quarterbacks and tell me if you substantially think that he's better than Jameis. 
and I, I can't find you're that not, quarterback. You're not doing that for a quarterback. Okay. You're That's not doing that saying. for a quarterback. Okay. Well, I'll say it this way. If Kenny Pickett just so happens to fall and he's there at 16, okay, that's different. If Malik Willis falls and he's there at 16, okay, cool. But you're not taking Matt Corral at that spot. You're not taking one of these other quarterbacks, and you're definitely not going to trade up for one because you just gave Jameis guaranteed money. You signed Andy Dalton, and, of course, Blake Bortles you know, saw that happen and said, you know what, give me my ticket out of here so I can go somewhere else because Ian Book is also on the roster. They're not making that move for that. The Saints are going to take as many bites at the apple as they can with these draft picks. I believe they have three in the top 50. They're going to take as many bites of the apple as possible, whether that be O-lineman, wide receiver, and then maybe a running back or a defensive guy. However it shakes out, they're going to take as many bites as they can. They're going to get as many good players, and they might just, I doubt very seriously, double down at wide receiver, but it could also happen simply because you have two picks right there, and if the best player available, one of them is Olave, and the other one is, is, is uh, Jameis uh, Jameson Williams, yeah. you have no choice. you got to take them. <laughs> I had a caller yesterday said, hey, I think it was Lee. Lee, Lee wants two receivers. He wants both of them. He wants two I, receivers. I doubt very seriously that happens. Although I would love the wide you know wide receiver revolution to take form. You have wanted the wide receiver revolution for quite some time, haven't you? Yes, I have because I understand what the NFL is doing right now. I mean, you look at the Rams, and the Rams are basically you know trying to show the blueprint to where let's forget about these draft picks. We're going to get as much talent as possible, try to win as many Super Bowls as we can, and we'll worry about the draft picks you know in twenty twenty six or whatever it is. I think the Saints would be smart to kind of basically load up on offensive weapons because the one thing the quarterback you have now can do is throw the ball down the field accurately. Yes, he needs to work on the intermediate stuff. Okay, that'll come in his time. He has to get that timing and rhythm. But if he can throw the ball deep downfield and nobody can stop that, then launch it 30 times a game if you have to, but put up 27 points. Because that defense isn't going to allow anybody to score. Yeah, I think that's the thing too, man. I understand that they lost Marcus Williams, but I think Mays is – in the neighborhood of that. Obviously, the other safety position is something that has been talked about. Look, P.J. Williams has come in, and I thought in the last two years he's been one of those guys that when he does play, he's been key, right? I mean, he, there's not that much of a drop-off if there is when when players are injured and such. And I've been sending you photos, and you've been sending me, obviously, tweets Tyron Matthew not only was in the building yesterday, then he went to a barbecue place. I mean, like there are more photos of Tyron Matthew all around town with everybody that's following the hashtag sign him already. But what do you think is is the thing here? Because I saw lately the last thing you said is the Saints don't need me, but I'd like to play there. I, I keep bringing up fit. What would be the fit for Matthew on this team? I think he's a versatile enough guy to where he doesn't have to be. He can basically be the Taysom Hill of your defense. You can line him up in a slot, much like you do Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You can blitz either guy between him and, you know, Chauncey. You lost a guy like Malcolm who, you know, the smarts involved, which is something Tyron, you know, Tyron Matthew can give you as far as his football IQ. And, of course, he can play both safety spots. So it's like you lose nothing when you have that, and you have a guy back there that can line everybody else up properly because of his IQ. I mean, it's a home run out the park. And I, the recent story I just saw was uh, Barstool Mincy, who, uh, you know, who kind of basically, you know, is, is one of the Barstool sports guys, but he's still kind of connected to the Saints, yeah. has recently said that, you know, the, the number is, is a little bit out of touch between the two parties. So if they can get that together, then he's a Saint. I don't mind that at all. I don't mind them doing a little back and forth negotiating or whatever like that, whether it be via media or whatever, because both sides want this to happen. They just have to come to an agreement. I'm all for it. I think, you know, he's basically made it known every chance he gets that he wants to be a member of the New Orleans Saints. Make it happen. And I think, Brian, that's the key. I was having a conversation with somebody this morning about that, about – I don't know if it even necessarily is about the, the money per year, maybe length of contract. Because, I mean, you look at where he's at in his career – you look at his age, he's probably thinking this might be my, my last big contract or my last contract. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he probably wants, you know, a larger guaranteed portion, maybe some years on there, things of that nature. Here's what I'll say. The question of whether or not what you pay him, the Saints can maneuver money any way they want to. They can give sure. him a $1 million base salary this year and $20 million next year if they want to. They have the ability to do that. We've seen it. The question is, what does he work to you? Well, I saw a tweet, and I want to say it might have came from somebody, and, and, I, and the reason why I saw it is because Tyron himself retweeted it. Mm-hmm. The last teams he's been a part of have all won 11 games that season. <laughs> they, they, so he's been with Kansas City for the longest time. He was right. with the Texans, and they won 11 games. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the guy is a magnet for winning. Don't you want that on your team? And I if think, he's worth it, yeah, get him. And I was going to say the other thing, too, I think leadership. Leadership, um, 
which you lose with Malcolm, um, and familiarity right. with Marcus Williams, I, I think that can sort of help, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, Marcus Williams is a, was an eraser back there. For as much as we give him, you know, crap about the Minnesota miracle, I think people forget. In order for him to even get to that point, it was Marcus Williams who had the you know game tie, um, game momentum swinging interception that even had the Saints come back in that game. He is an eraser. That guy had unbelievable range, and Honey Badger is exactly that. Except he doesn't have you know the speed because he's a little bit older now. But the leadership is what you mentioned. You're gonna have a guy back there who can erase a lot of bad plays. And when you have you know young guys like PJ still learning in the safety position. Young guys like Chauncey still coming along. Of course, Adebo, who played well as a rookie last year. And then you still have Marshawn, who's you know, all pro status. You know, you can basically have a guy, Tyron, you know, Tyron Matthew, who on either side of the ball, you have somebody that can help erase bad plays. Look, I mean, I know I sound like a homer, and I'll take it. I'll put on the black and gold goggles. I'll wave my LSU pom-poms, and I'll go buy a seven jersey for everybody that I can. I want Tyron Matthew as a member of the New Orleans Saints because I think he's that good and he's worth it. All right, transitioning over to the Pelicans, man. Um, how enjoying has it been to see Lakers fans melt down, screaming A, call them an atrocity this morning. I'm going to play that next. Um, just all of that from that aspect of it. Or are you more in, in, impressed by the way the Pels got into the play-in? Why is everybody so upset? Like, this is a happy time. Yeah. Grab your pom-poms, get, get it, whatever it is that you like to drink or whatever it is you do for your vice. Celebrate. We are witnessing the birth of the Pelicans and the death of the Lakers at the exact same time. Why is everybody sad? This is beautiful <laughs> news. I'm with you. This is I, amazing I, to see a young team like Willie Green's Pelicans start 1-12 and and still make the playoffs. But the Lakers, who had, what was LeBron's quote? Have that same energy towards the end of the season. Guess what, Bronny? I do. I'd read it to you, but he deleted it. Of course he did, because everybody and their grandmother started to retweet it to him. <laughs> I can't believe he deleted his tweet. That's something else, man. Look, in all honesty. He's just a kid from Akron. What do you expect? How would you um, describe what, what Willie has been able to do? I keep I, I said this, and I understand he's got some some things to do before he gets to that level, but Sean Payton was such a dominating force in this city, right? I mean, he, that everyone knew the head football coach of an NFL team. Does that make sense? Like he was probably, if not arguably the most yes. popular, powerful individual in the city. I would say over the mayor and things of that nature. I mean, um, when you think about it and his absence is, is palpable. You could feel it. I remember when, when he announced that here, that, that week and the next day was like, like somebody had passed away, you know, like, what are we going to do now? Because it, it was almost like he was the city's leader, which is crazy to think because he, he was the head coach of a football team. But I, I said, when you hear Willie Green talk and when you see what he went through this year and I was able to get his team to stay positive and have young players grow like Troy, um, like Trey Murphy and Herb Jones, Jackson Hayes' turnaround you know, getting guys like CJ McCollum to buy in and, and then hopefully that translates into Zion. Uh, when, when you look at that man, why can't he be maybe what Sean was in the next couple of years? Obviously I know winning matters, but you understand what I'm saying? Do you think he has that kind of chance? He's already done it. He's already done it. He's made a believer out of the Pelicans, which is what he had to do first. And not to mention that, but again, we talk about the one in 12 start. I remember a guy back in 2006 who was ahead of his time when he came in. The first thing he was told by his mentor was, find out what's been holding that team back, get rid of that, and you'll start to win. Willie Green just found out what mm. we've been asking for for the longest time. He, he, he made the Pelicans exactly what the city was. He, they are a representation of the New Orleans you know, citizens now. And that's all we ever wanted. They're braggadocious a little bit. You know, I guess not braggadocious, but they have the swagger of a New Orleans person. They have the attitude. They want to have fun. They, they, they get along very well, which is something we all do here in the city mm-hmm. for the most part. They remind me of New Orleans now. They're fi- uh, we like to have a term that's called So 504. That's exactly what they are. They're So 504 now. You know, you can see it with the way the guys have fun, the way they embrace each other. You, CJ probably had the greatest tweet ever. Bloom where you planted. And that's all New Orleans wants. He can't, he, CJ has come in, embraced the city. B.I. embraced the city. Josh Hart misses the city, which is something we never thought we'd see a person leave New Orleans and miss it that much. Yeah. That's what we wanted. 
and Willie Green has done it. And he's done it in his first season. And they're so young right now, Gus, they don't know it's not supposed to be like this. So I can only imagine what happens once it, once it finally starts to you know come together and it clicks and then they add a little bit more outside shooting and a little bit more backup help. This team is, is fun now to watch. I can only imagine what happens when the baby birds grow up. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, as we wrap up here, Brian, when, when you add what I think will be, you know, Zion next year and hopefully a, a, a full, if not most of a full season, what this team can, can be. I mean, it, there, th- there is legit potential, not hopeful potential, not, Hey, maybe this guy can do this or, or do that. We're watching these guys actually do things that win them games that get them in an opportunity to be in the play in. So if they can do that now, he, a guy like Zion's only going to help. A guy like CJ and Willie Green's only going to help bring in more different people. As Schmidt said earlier on the show, you know, CJ was already trying to recruit people on Portland's team to come. I, and I, that's the difference because, of course, like we saw, you know, all of us saw Josh Hart leave, and then we saw what Josh Hart did. They were on the bench that game after they were traded. Josh Hart, when, it, when the Pelicans played Portland, was on the bench talking to some of his guys. That's a guy that I feel like wants to come back. And if he had the opportunity, he would. I think many guys are going to want to come and play because the big fella isn't even out there yet, and it's a chance that he may come back. And why does he want to come back? Because he can tell the culture is different. It's a lot different than when it was the Stan Van Gundy years or maybe Alvin Gentry. (laughs) Willie Green has put together what we wanted, an identity. And now the Pelicans have developed a culture. From that point on, the sky's the limit. And if the big guy comes back this year, which, you know, there's a lot of rumors about him being able to come back this year. And I think his stepdad kind of, you know, threw gasoline on the fire with that one. If he comes back, he's not coming back for any other reason. He's coming back because he wants to be a part of what's going on. And that right there, it speaks volume. I was just going to say that as we wrap up with Brian, who's a mile high out west, man, I I look at it as whatever the reason, whether it's true or not, whether um, it was always that way. All I know is that yesterday, Zion's dad said, I have no idea where this is coming yet. He, he wants to be in New Orleans. He loves the culture. He loves his teammates. That's great. It's all, I'm good. From that point on, I'm a, he, he, he's at least bought into to, to, to the next week or so. So he said it. He said it. His dad said it. I'm taking it. I'm good with it. You know? I'll take it simply because Zion has said it once on record with Joel Myers and AD, and now his stepdad has come out and basically said, look, I don't know where you're getting this from. The only sources that you can say are myself, my wife, and Noah. If it doesn't come from one of us and it's not coming from Zion, we don't know where you're getting the info from. Good enough for me. I don't care if he's lying out of his, you know, out of his teeth. Yeah. The, the reality is is that Zion wants to be a part of this team now because of what they've done as far as making it to the playing game mm-hmm. and possibly being able to win the playing game and get to the playoffs. Of course he wants to be a part of a playoff team. And I don't blame him if he felt like at one time I didn't want to be there because they were going to lose. Now it's a whole different ball game, and the baby birds are starting to fly. Look at the Pelican fly, Tony. <laughs> fly, Pelican fly. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it as always when you chime in, bud. Take care, my brother. You got it, man. There he goes. Brian, who's probably a mile high on West. When we come back, we will talk with Ralph Marlboro. And uh, get his thoughts. I, I've been keeping tabs on him the last two weeks. He's been a little little sad, a little upset. Saints haven't made any moves. Well, they've made some moves since we last talked to him. We'll see what he's doing next on ESPN New Orleans. With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way. Your life is mobile. So is your bank. As a state bank and trust company account holder, you can check your balances, view transactions, transfer funds, and pay bills anywhere or anytime with State Bank and Trust Company's online banking or mobility app. Call or stop by any State Bank and Trust location for all the details. State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. 
I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. You've seen the last of Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns uniform. They've got to figure out with that $19 million fifth-year option, somebody else may take it on and look at it as an opportunity to pick up some draft picks along with that in a trade. But I think you've seen the future go bye-bye. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Welcome back. It's the Sports Hangover as we welcome in Mr. Ralph Marlboro, who's, um, I've been keeping tabs on you, my buddy. I want to make sure you're okay. (laughs) I know... You know, things haven't been the way you've liked. You could be followed at Saints Forecast on Twitter and, of course, the Saints Happy Hour podcast. But I try to tell you, look, just be patient. There's a plan in place. And since we last talked, the Saints have traded with the Eagles to get a second first-round pick. They've made some additional signings and moves. And um, I don't know. Where are you at now? How do you feel now? Gus, I have to apologize to Mickey. I take back all the mean things I said about him in the offseason. He did this trade that was out of the clear blue sky and it confuses us because we don't know what the Saints are doing. They can do like 9,000 different things after mm-hmm. this trade and it has been a boon for our show. We have like 15 people sign up. Mickey Loomis, I'm sorry, I love you. I'll never, I'll never say anything bad about you until you don't close the <laughs> honey bag. But um, I'm feeling better. But this this trade, I have to say, like it is the most like like surprising thing I think the Saints have done since like the Jimmy Graham trade and not that it'll work out or it'll be you know controversial mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham trade where we argue if it's good or bad but it's just like it's just Monday like three o'clock we're minding our own business we're talking about fevers we're we're no we're 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 arguing about the Saints not doing anything and then this trade just drops out of the sky it's like the Saints, the Saints did what they traded for another first round pick and they're giving away a 2023 first and a 2024 second what is going on what are they doing and it's just, it was just shocking in that way to me. It was fun, though, because as a, as, a, as a Saints fan and as a content guy and podcaster, like, I love it, but it's so interesting because you can argue this 9,000 different, different ways, and we're going to do it the next month. I think the one thing also that stands out, I, it was interesting because, I mean, you, you talked about the compensation and, you know, next year's first-round pick and things of that nature. I saw somebody bring this up this morning. If Sean Payton decides to come back to coaching, right. there's a very good chance to get one of those first round picks back or additional picks of that second and, and things of that nature. So that's something to look at like that. But Ralph, they were willing to part with three first round picks for the Sean Watson. So, you know, I, I love this move because to me, I keep playing the soundbite of Dennis Allen last Wednesday saying it, augment free agency, build the team through the draft. And, Look, I, I played this bite yesterday from Keyshawn Johnson, who you, you know he's family with Michael Thomas. And he said, you know, that he felt that the Saints were in win-now mode. And, and that was mm-hmm. interesting to hear it from him from, from that perspective because mm-hmm. uh, I'll play the very beginning, Ralph, so you can hear it. Here's what he has to say yeah. on ESPN yesterday morning. The Saints aren't looking at quarterback this year or next year. What they're doing is they're positioning themselves to make a run this year. The NFC is essentially for them with Jameis Winston, who was five and two before he got injured. They want to make a strong run. There's only one team within their division, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they basically, for all intents and purposes, own in a regular mm-hmm. season. Yep. So you start looking at that. Now you say to yourself, okay, we don't think much of, of Green Bay. We don't think much of Arizona. The Rams won. The Cowboys are in. And they start looking at it on the board, and they're saying to themselves, we can make a run at this thing, and we can do it right now. I have no idea if that came from a conversation with Michael Thomas, who had a sit-down with, you know, um, uh, Dennis Allen, who flew out to Malibu or not, but in my perfect world, they did. And all of this is coming because he's heard it from from Michael Thomas. But I hear that, and that's why that makes me feel even better. Well, it does, and you look at – he's right. You look around the NFC, and you're like, come on, let's add a couple pieces and let's go. And the thing is that I think people need to remember about this draft, and I'm not a, I'm not a tape watcher. I'm not going to tell you players I love. But the consensus opinion from all the people 
that do that sort of thing for a living or on the internet for fun is that this draft is freaking amazing because you have all these extra guys because of COVID or, and, and that's the thing that are just shoved into this draft. And this draft, it's not necessarily crazy deep at the top for like the first five to seven guys, but from like picks from like 12 to 15 to like 85, 90, this draft is freaking loaded. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a bunch of UDFAs that are going to be quality guys. And it's conceivable. Gus, the Saints looked at this draft and was like, this draft is freaking amazing. We would rather pick twice now than once in the first now and once in 2023. And they said, we got to get two of these, we got to get two of these, four of these top 100 players, mm-hmm. maybe more, or maybe less they trade up. But also, too, to your point, like, I think the, the Sean Payton op, the Sean Payton possibility is not insignificant in this sense. You may not get a first from a team, or you may get a late first because, right, Dallas could go 12-4 and four again and flame out, and, and Jerry Jones can be like, get me Sean Payton, and you pick him, like, 26 or whatever, but that gives you another first-round pick. Or even if he goes to whatever team, and they say, hey, we'll give you a two seconds. Two seconds is a good is, is, a, is a good haul, yeah. and that means, that means next year, say the Saints, say they go 10-6 and six and make the playoffs, and, and they pick 21, and this, they pick 21, so you'd pick, like, what would that be? Like, 50, say you pick, like, 55 and, like, 61 mm-hmm. in the, or, you know, 55 and, 40, and 48 in the second round. Like, to me, that's as good as a first-round pick, right? So betting on that is critical as well for this trade. But I just wonder, like, have they fallen in love with a quarterback and – this is like this is like Mickey Loomis's like sixteen chapel up trade straight up. Oh, no. Remember he traded up no. sixteen times. No. So like this is his sixteen chapel, right? Like this is stage one. He's building the foundation. He's getting to sixteen. He's got sixteen and nineteen. Now he's gonna build. He's gonna paint the last up. He's gonna paint it, and it's gonna be. He's gonna move up to like three, and he's gonna take Kenny Pickett. So I just think there's so many possibilities, and you don't know. And the fun thing about the Saints is now that Sean Payton is gone. You don't have that person that's constantly chatting with the media, Diana Rossini, and, right. and just glazes. So we <laughs> have no freaking yeah. idea yeah. what they're going yeah. to do. So what you're telling me is Thursday, April 28th, you're going to be a ball of nerves. You'll have your favorite bourbon I'm, or whiskey with a yeah, bottle right. uh, from Costco or Sam's the size of that, that they sell, of Pepto, perhaps. because Well, you know, I think... You know. that, I think you got to have liquor and food, and the thing is, guys, you can't, you can't get a, you can't move away, like right. because the Saints, they could pick anywhere from three, <laughs> like once the third pick comes on the clock, like you got to be ready. It's like a, you know, it's like a, it's like the hurricane. It's like right. the cone of un, the cone of uncertainty yeah. when the hurricane gets in the Gulf and you don't yeah. know where it's going to go. And you're like, you're like, oh, the cone of uncertainty. New Orleans on the West End, dude. The cone of the uncertainty in this draft is, it starts at pick three, and you better not go away from your phone. You better not play with kids. You better, like once pick three arrives, you better lock in and be in there because once pick three arrives, anything is possible for the Saints. Man, I look at mock drafts, and again, they never go the way exactly mock drafts are, but they give you at least an idea. And man, I just I'm with you. I'm trying to think of like who's that guy? You know, like Micah Parsons, right? A couple of years back, like you looked at him, like go get him. That you know that guy's yeah. making a difference, right? And like I don't know who that is in this draft. Um. Mm. To the point where I'm like, I think I'm okay at at keeping those two picks. Because look, you got three in the top fifty. You got, you know, the 49th pick of the second over overall. That's your second round pick. You still have a third round pick in 90, 98 as well overall. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I I might sit at sixteen nineteen because maybe another team gets a little nervous that they think okay. you might take. See, I I think all this picket talk. Is them trying to force a team to move above sixteen and give them something else? Maybe. I mean, I think I think it's really interesting. I think what it does too is it can just if you really want to play like four D chess, like if Carolina, if they need a quarterback, like mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt Rule, he there is no there's way. no way they're not selecting no. one at six, right? There's no way on earth that that man is going into a year where he if he does not win he's going to if he does not start out good he will be fired before Halloween. There is no way on God's green earth that he's going in, into 2022 with Sam Darnold. So they're either like you know the, the problem is you know the problem is uh, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, he's hurt. He may not be ready. Baker, you don't know. So I think this could be a little squeeze where the Saints could, could Carolina could be like, oh my God, we, we want Pickett. We got to move to three or four to make sure we get Pickett. And then you sort of assure that a quarterback comes off the board and then you get your choice of, of linemen. The thing is with the Saints trading down is I can't predict because Gus, it's like, it's like, it's like you saying to me, well, Ralph's not going to drink during the draft. Mm-hmm. It's never happened in my entire life. So you're betting on like a unicorn. Like Mickey Loomis, he's never traded down as the Saints GM in the first. He's, tra- he's done it once. Remember, we, me and you were running the draft. They traded right. down and they ended up taking Courtney Watson. I think that's the only time they've ever <laughs> done it, right? Courtney Watson. So- wow. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that name in a while. That is for sure, yeah. man. But I can't, I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember anniversaries and birthdays. But I can remember the state trading down with Detroit and then picking Courtney Watts. Um, but they don't do it. So like I, I, I just think probably guys. If, if I had to wager, the Saints they have four picks in the top hundred. Mm-hmm. They'll make three picks. They'll burn that 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 ninety eight, and they'll go. They'll move up in the second round yep. to get a guy they want. I mean, I could see them. I could see them picking two guys and then. Ritter, or maybe people tell me they really like Sam Howell, who's kind of sketchy at quarterback for North Carolina. But I could see them being like, "Hey, we like a, we like Ritter from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there at at you know he's sitting there at thirty nine. Let's go get him." And they burn ninety, and they get, and, and then you're like, "Hey, they got a tackle, they got a wide receiver, they got this nice quarterback in case Jameis doesn't work out." Like that would be an interesting draft. Um, for the Saints, uh, but I just look, I think Keyshawn's right, man. But, but you look at the NFC, and I could see Dennis Allen being like, Nick, get me a wide receiver, get me a tackle. Mm-hmm. Keith Carmichael's going to, we're going to unlock Jameis because we're going to have Michael Thomas back. We're going to let him be a little bit more aggressive. We're going to play to his strength sure. more, and we're going to limit his turns, and we're going to win 10. If, if we just get, you get, you win, you win 10 games, 11 games, anything can happen in the NFC. And if you don't believe me that anything can happen in the NFC, the 49ers were a dropped interception away from dragging injured Jimmy Garoppolo to the Super Bowl. So don't tell me that the NFC isn't wide open, and especially because, God, Green Bay, they're not as good. They lost Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. right? Tampa, they've lost people. They're not as good. Eventually, Tom Brady, his deal with the devil so. or whatever right. spirit he's done this deal with, eventually that will come, that will end, and he will not play. So, like, the NFC, just a couple of things happen, and suddenly you're sitting there in October, and you're like, the Saints are 7-3, and three, and we can get home field. We can win this freaking thing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't take much to open it up. We're in the AFC. Yeah. You would be like, there's no, there's no shot. The Saints have any, there's no, there's no realistic path that you could build for the Saints to get to the Super Bowl. We're in the NFC. It's unlikely, but I could, I could put, I can piece it together. And I think that's what the, I think that's what the Saints are. That's what they're thinking. I think, I think I agree with Keyshawn. All right, there he is, Ralph Marlboro. You sound a lot more optimistic than you did the last two weeks, so I, I, I'm, that's why I check in on you. Thank you, Ralph. One, one last thing, Gus. Mm-hmm. The Honey Badger, Tyler Matthews, the Saints need to sign in. That man is running a social media campaign <laughs> he really is. to basic, basically sign him. He's going to Blue Oak Barbecue. He's going around New Orleans taking pictures with fans. It's yeah. basically a non-paid social media campaign by him the Saints to sign in. Come on, Saints. Get that done, please. I hear you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate the time, as always. Talk to you next week, Gus. There he is. That Saints forecast. The way to follow him on Twitter, and of course, the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Quick break. Open lines if you'd like to chime into the conversation. 800-998-1003. It's a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans.
Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. Within days of Hurricane Ida making landfall, Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacies were up and running, providing vital medication to our patients and visitors. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding you the lowest cost available on your medications. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let us review your options with you. Located in Rouse's Supermarket on Highway 3235 in La Rose or at the Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff, we treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Advanced Eye Institute in Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere for the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses. Call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Can we talk? Talk sports. Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You've had ESPN on at all today. They've literally, I think, followed Tiger Woods from getting out of bed, eating breakfast, Jordan, to his practice round. The par three contest going on here this afternoon as well as the guys are finishing their practice rounds and then starting the three you know the part three contest which is always a huge event on Wednesday before the Masters starts and you know one of the things Jordan that you saw this morning I don't know if you've seen the different types of uh, shots that you've seen of Tiger Woods teeing off at 18 in a practice round and the galleys are just I mean it's it's like you know a regular round if not a, a weekend it's incredible. I mean, obviously, everyone keeps deferring to him as the needle, you know, and that phrase that, you know, certain athletes move the needle, but he is that needle. It's incredible, right? Like, how how much have your dad or other people you know have talked about the fact that they're, they're going to tune in tomorrow because this guy is going to play? We have Robert Emmett come on a lot, and hey, he he's over there at Golf Tech, and Whenever Tiger Woods is playing or he has a great, you know, round of golf, he sees an uptick in everybody coming in right. to get practice. Yeah, and he sees an increase in people going to play at golf courses. And, uh, no, he definitely, he, he definitely influences everything around the sport of golf. It, it is. It's like incredible. Obviously, I, I think to an extent, you know, one of the players that we were talking about earlier today, in LeBron, there's a certain level, right, of of interest in, in anything and everything that he does. But it, it's, I don't know, it's just different. You know, I mean, like this guy was one of, he's, he, he's, he's did or has done what, why well, bring up a lot of times that with Jordan where non-basketball fans, you know, all walks of life, all races, all colors, like knew who he was and for the most part, many people supported or enjoyed watching. Um, and that's so hard to do. Very few people that are like that. And he, he's one of those people, man. It just captivates. I can't wait. Can't wait to see it tomorrow. So ESPN will be all on that. And we'll, we'll have that for you here as well. One of the things that we have not gotten to, though, is the national take, Jordan, on 
how the Lakers are and, and things of that nature. Right? How, trade everybody. Oh, boy. Trade everybody, huh? All right. Well, do, do we start with Brian Windhorse? You want to start with Brian Windhorse? Yeah, that's the King's Scribe. All right. Let's, uh, let's see how, how he's feeling this morning and what he has to say. Were you guys aware by halftime of the stakes of this game and, yeah. and did yeah. it affect either way? We've been playing for our lives for the last five, six, seven games. So didn't change anything. That was Frank Vogel on um, if he knew the stakes of this game. Jordan, you sent me that earlier today about um, why you would ask that question. (laughs) You would kind of know that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, no, we didn't know. We didn't realize the implications of yeah. of that final game. There. No idea. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it, what was it? Was it to end our season? Oh, who knows? You know, it's crazy when you look at at it as well in that game where <laughs> Anthony Davis played, LeBron didn't, but um, even in that game, then just I I don't know if a full AD and healthy would would have gotten them to where they wanted to be. You know, this this belief that they could be a championship team with that roster was just it's incredible to me, which then brings us to, um, of course, uh, Screaming A and his take on uh, the Lakers. I would, I think they would be a 500 team battling for a seventh or eighth slot in that Western Conference, and they'd still be destined to go home in the first round. Let's just get this out of the way, please. The Lakers are a national basketball atrocity. Let's just call it what it is. They're an atrocity. And it starts from the top down. It starts from Jeannie Buss allowing Linda Rambis to have power. It goes from there and disintegrates down to Rob Palenka, who feels that as long as you're wearing the purple and gold and you're a Laker, you'll be just fine. It sifts further down to Frank Vogel, who lost the team because they stopped listening to him a long time ago. And in the middle of all of it, is the culpability on the shoulders of LeBron James. Not LeBron James, the player, because LeBron James, the player, has balled out. LeBron James, the GM. And the reason that I say that as a pseudo de facto GM is because you could have had Ty Lewis, your coach, but you let the, you caved in the management when they wanted you to keep Jason Kidd. You could have had somebody else like a Jason Kidd, but you didn't want, you wanted him on your bench, but you were afraid to let him be the head coach. You settled for Frank Vogel, let Jason Kidd go to Dallas, and now he's a coach of the year candidate. Everywhere you turn shows an aptitude, shows an efficiency, shows an embarrassment of arrogance that is undeniable. They are a basketball atrocity. And Anthony Davis can point to all the injuries that he wants to. It's legit, but it doesn't negate the fact you still wouldn't have gone anywhere. I I like the fact that I actually hear anybody just say that they're a a national basketball atrocity instead of the NBA. (laughs) I love it. Good job, Stephen A. Um, no, man, look, I, I think, like, as we've heard from phone calls and obviously people that cover this team, from Brian to Schmidt to others, man, it's uh, – I'm excited just to kind of see where it's at. I, I Look, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the title this year or even next year, but when when you look at the potential this team could maybe be in the future, Jordan, I, I think there's more people now that are more invested one way, shape, or form than perhaps – would you agree with me when the Pels swept the Blazers? And what I mean by that is I think more people – Call for coaches to be fired. Call for players to be traded. You know, are using the trade machines or, you know, keeping tabs of what win means what to a lottery chance or a draft pick chance. Like, I don't ever remember this city having that many people being aware in so many different levels of basketball. Am I wrong on that? Uh, I don't know. When when they went on that big run, pretty sure it was like a 10-game winning streak with Boogie. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I think that was – probably the most but what i'm saying is is that more fandom like uh, almost out of the disaster of 80 wanting to leave i think it it caused more people to pay attention to different things or or become more aware that makes sense yeah uh, yeah, like you you know with the advancements of like social media and with the spaces that wasn't a thing think think what's happened since then you've had a whole new front office you've had an organization realize they can't share things with the football they had to become their own separate identity and it went out and hired diverse smart people to go do those things um they've gone out and, and made more of an effort i think to 
try to embrace the city and the culture and stuff, even from the one back down thing, you know, to the commercials and things that nature. Like, I feel that that sort of changed a lot of things that they did, but also the fans and people in the city. Like, they they now hold GMs and, and everything else to accountability and, and draft picks and, and things that, like, there's just, I feel like it's almost more of a, how we talk about the Saints. That makes sense mm-hmm. to where you have people that call this show and other shows or follow that football team and know every aspect of the NFL and this organization and what should they be doing. And I got these prospects. I got these things. I, that's me. I just feel like it's grown more. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely grown more. There's a lot more people that I hear around uh, just being around New Orleans and stuff talk about the, the Pelicans. I, I have noticed there's been a lot more whenever I go out to a restaurant, they're mm-hmm. actually playing a Pelicans oh, game. And imagine that. Usually yeah. you'd have to ask them to put on the Pelicans game, but I recently I've seen a lot more places have them on without even having to ask. So I think that's in and of itself a step in the right direction. There it is. Jordan, the intern. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good, Goosey. All right. There he goes. Jordan, the intern. Quick break. Hour two is in the books. When we come back, we'll take your phone calls. Coming up, Sean Fox at 2.15. Scott Prather at 245. They host their own shows in and around the state. We'll get their takes on what it's like. Pels are in the play-in. Let's go back, listen to Willie Green and some of the Saints chatter here as well as the sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans. You're the one who protects the flock.